بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد This kitab that we have in front of us the title is Islah Akhlaq the reformation of character which is the kitab that was authored by our Sheikh Hazrat Shah Hakim Mohd Akhtar Sahib rahmatullah alayhi this is something that he had written very early in his young days so this title itself reformation of character reformation something to be reformed refers to that there has been some kind of lacking in something some deficiency so that needs to be rectified so how to rectify the deficiencies in one's akhlaq in one's character in terms of akhlaq one is the concept that we have generally in our minds what akhlaq means what is the meaning of character so we have a very confined and a very narrow meaning of what character and akhlaq is and that is generally the definition and the understanding that people in the world have even disbelievers have basically the english terminology of character based on this so if call all this good character this is part of good character but this is not the essence of akhlaq itself in terms of what shariat defines as akhlaq these are things that can be the expressions of akhlaq and it can be something without akhlaq also the seat of akhlaq is the heart and this is what shariat wants from us that primarily the heart is adorned with akhlaq the aspect of akhlaq in terms of when we talk of akhlaq in the terminology of deen so just as in english also we say good character somebody's got poor character so likewise there's two categories basically which the sufi ikram have categorized one is what is termed as the akhlaq hamida the fadail the akhlaq hamida all the attributes of good character the attributes of good character we will read inshallah as we go along and we will understand that how many things are included in this good character for example part of this good character is yaqeen tawakkul inabat and ruju ila allah and part of this good character and akhlaq is that a person has this forgiveness compassion he has tawazu and humility in his heart and all the various other aspects of good character which we inshallah over the days we will try and discuss and allah taala make it that we cover as much as possible so that's one part of it and then there's another very serious part which is the akhlaq razila akhlaq razila the evil traits the bad qualities which the heart has to be cleansed of pride arrogance malice jealousy that love for the dunya love for the ego and a whole list of them 
So these are the two categories and the whole effort is to inculcate within ourselves the akhlaqi hamida, all the good qualities, all the noble the aspects of noble character and to cleanse ourselves from all the aspects of evil character. This is the sum total of akhlaq. But again, as we started off, that the seat of this akhlaq is the heart. If somebody is, for example, polite, it could be because of akhlaq. Now, generally that is termed akhlaq, but it's not necessarily akhlaq. It could be because of akhlaq. It could just be a pretense. So that doesn't necessarily mean that if we did something very politely, we got very good character, sometimes we deceive ourselves. Generosity, the reality of generosity is what's in the heart. Now this is a very important aspect of good akhlaq. But this generosity, the real place of this generosity and sakhawad is in the heart. Now our judgment of whether a person is very generous or whether he is miserly is on the external side of things. Now somebody is spending a lot so we will now, or if we sometimes are spending, we might say to ourselves that mashallah you are very generous. It could be. If it is stemming from the heart, if the heart is what is generous, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam regarding his noble akhlaq and character. So among the various details that are in the Ahadith, one of the things that are mentioned regarding Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is Ajwadun Nasi Sadran. That he was the most generous in his heart. Perhaps, maybe, sometimes, if a person had to quantify it, and the quantity that Nabi Wasallam gave, it's possible that somebody else's quantity could have been more, because he had more. Somebody had more, so they possibly could have given more. But they couldn't have matched to a fraction also the generosity of Nabi Wasallam. Because even when he didn't have, he still tried to help somebody. And there wasn't la in his vocabulary in terms of if somebody asked for something. There wasn't that I'm not going to give it to you. I don't want to give you anything. If it was something that was withheld from somebody for a moment, that too was for that person's benefit. So the, secu- the generosity is primarily in the heart. Now if we see somebody or if we are spending, we will say that, mashallah, very generous. Somebody, apparently there was a need, he didn't give anything. So immediately what comes in our mind, this person is miserly. But on what basis? That he didn't give something, so that means he's miserly? Not necessary. It's highly possible that he is far more generous. He's far more generous than why he didn't give anything. Because he knows his priorities. At that time he's probably steeped in debt and those debts are overdue. So now he's saving every bit that he can because that's the priority, every bit to pay his debts off. He's keeping his creditors waiting and he's giving charity. That's no achievement. That might not achieve any kind of reward also. 
It was matalul ghaniyya zulmun. The Beast says, the procrastination of a person who has the wealth to pay, whatever amount he's got to pay, he's procrastinating in that. He's not paying, despite the debt now being due. One is that there's still time, there's respite, or it's a normal process where he's got so much time to still pay that his normal business debts, etc. So that's fine, that's part of the process. But now he has just enough to pay or less than enough to pay still. And those debts are due. And the person is asking for his payment. And I say, no, I've got charity to give. So that's, not my, that's not being generous. So this person didn't give, but his heart is yearning that if I had the ability, I would have given. But now, this is a priority. So he apparently, a person from outside will judge him to be miserly because he withheld. He didn't give anything. But he can be far more generous than the person who gave. Sometimes the person who gave, we shouldn't be passing this judgment. This is only Allah Ta'ala has this prerogative of passing this judgment on anybody's heart. But sometimes the person who gave could be without any generosity. So then why he gave so much? Sometimes this is what for us to check within ourselves. We're spending sometimes. Is it because of generosity or because we're buying something? A person sometimes is buying something. What is he buying? He's trying to buy somebody's favor. He's buying some name and fame maybe. He's buying some popularity. So these all are things that then would spur him to give something. But that giving is not out of generosity. If he could, he wouldn't have given anything. So what is the lesson in this is that the place of akhlaq is the heart. And this is what we generally don't pay attention to. We try to do some, sometimes rectify some things externally, but that effort on the heart is not made. To rectify the heart. And what will be the way to judge whether the heart has been rectified? To what extent it has been rectified? When out of the blue there is a situation, for example, Anger. Anger is a major disease. One is that anger which is for the sake of deen and in a controlled way in which Shariat has given that leeway for it. But the kind of uncontrolled anger, just blurting out anything, shouting and screaming and as a result of that anger now a person is committing zulm, he's saying things which are hurting people, he is sometimes becoming vulgar, all this that is stemming out of that anger. Now sometimes a person, mashallah, has been in an environment where things have been conducive, or there hasn't been anything that provokes the anger over time. So apparently it seems, mashallah, everything is very fine. I am sorted out. But then suddenly out of the blue something happens. And something happens out of the blue, at that time the person suddenly loses control. What does this mean? That inside the heart is not sorted out yet. So that's why just at one touch of the button, everything just fled up again. So if the heart has been worked on and rectified, then in that sudden moment, insan is insan, we can slip sometimes, but by and large, in that sudden situation also, he'll be under control. He won't just go out of control. He won't just flare up. 
he'll start doing what is necessary to control that anger. So this is the aspect of reformation of character as it is termed, what is in the various words that are used, islah, tazkiyah, all this comes or refers to the same thing of reforming the heart. Reforming the heart, the same aspect that was mentioned, inculcating all the aspects of good akhlaq in our hearts and cleansing our hearts from all the evil qualities. This is what Islam is all about. And this is what this effort of Islam and Tazkiyah, or as it's termed sometimes the Khanqa. So all this is for the same purpose. And this is something that has always been the practice right from the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that the Sahaba Ikram, they presented their situations to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa where they detected some situation. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then took them through the paces of how to go past it, how to overcome it, how to rectify it. And this carried on from that time. It's not something new, not something that was created later. So this is the book pertaining to this Islaw al-Akhlaq, the formation of character, which inshallah we will read and certain aspects we will discuss. So the purpose again, as mentioned earlier, whatever we are reading, listening to, this should be with the niyad that this must become part of our lives. If something is meant to be cleansed out of our hearts and minds and our lives, then this is inshallah what we should be making an effort for. That how am I going to overcome this? If something is to be inculcated within us, how am I going to bring this into my life? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Hazrat commences with a statement of Hazrat Hakim al Ummad, Hazrat Mala Shafali Tanvi Rahmatullah. He says that the reality of character that is that is that we must not cause any form of difficulty and inconvenience to anyone outwardly or inwardly, in his presence or in his absence. As we mentioned earlier, that in terms of the worldly definition of character, then we're going to be polite, we have to be discourteous. But where does it include any fraction of what is being mentioned here? That not causing any inconvenience to anyone, outwardly or inwardly, in his presence or in his absence. Now a person, for example, came, so we welcome him. MashaAllah, I'm so happy to see you. He's saying, really, what a pleasure to see you. And inside the heart, inwardly, inwardly we're saying, this person had no other time to come. This is the only time we found. So now, outwardly is something, and inwardly, we are reviling him. So is this akhlaq? This is far away from akhlaq. So this is the aspect in the person's presence. Now we are being very, very respectful to him. And then when he's gone, now we are backbiting him. So that is completely devoid of akhlaq. If he had akhlaq, then in his absence also we would have been showing that respect. So this is the aspect that deen teaches us about akhlaq. Is that in the person's presence, in his absence, in all situations... We cause no inconvenience to anyone. This is one very essential part of this akhlaq. And this is this whole branch of deen known as mu'asharat. Mu'asharat, social life. This also stems from the same thing. The essence of this is that we don't cause any taklif, any inconvenience to anybody. 
And this is something that requires a person using his mind, being alert, thinking. One simple thing, for example, a person has to take his shoes off and walk into the masjid, take his shoes off and go into a room, whatever it is. Now, does he think that, where am I keeping my shoes now? Is it right in the way? Can somebody now trip over this? Or somebody walking past, there will be inconvenience now, they'll have to hop over it. And that's outwardly a very, very small thing. But now a person who is conscious of akhlaq, who has developed akhlaq, he won't leave his shoes just lying anywhere. Now, how often, in, generally in so many masajid, across the length and breadth of our country, maybe Allah knows the whole world too, very few places you'll find where if there's a, for example, a little bit of a bigger crowd, sometimes there's no crowd also. That the entrance is not cluttered with shoes. Very few places. There'll be somebody's shoes or the other lying around in the way. Or if we just take for example our own homes, how often we are stepping into a room or somewhere where that's a non-shoe area, but having first taken care to put that shoes aside, out of the way. So that if somebody is walking past, they're not inconvenienced. Now, this is just one simple thing, very, very basic thing. Very simple thing. But that is an indicator. The person is flying. Now that aircraft, there's a whole lot of dials and gauges and whatnot. Everything is showing something. How much of fuel there is and how much of what's the air and what's the uh, turbulence and what's this and that. A whole lot of indicators, that whole panel is from one end to the other filled with all kind of gauges and indicators. Likewise, all these things, every single thing, how we express something, that's an indicator. It's saying something. Where we left our shoes is an indicator. That's a gauge. It's showing something. What kind of language we used is an indicator. It's also indicating something. What we thought about somebody, what kind of judgment we made in our heart in terms of the person. One is an action. This is also something that is often confused. and We should be clear about this. There's two separate issues. One is an action. The other is the judgment about a person. An action is either right or is wrong. Allah Ta'ala has made the judgment. There's no judgment left for insan to make regarding that. Or Nabi Salaam has explained that judgment. So many times, this is something that is used in order to try and downplay something. Now, if somebody is doing something wrong, that action is wrong. Allah forbid, Nauzubillah, somebody is engaged in gambling. You can't say don't judge him. That action you go to judge, that action Allah already judged it. That is haram. It's a major sin. Somebody is looking at some haram. So that's haram. It's completely sin. It's a major sin. So that is something you will judge. That action we will judge. But to judge the person that this person is now a right of Nauzubillah. This person is headed for Jahannam. We got no prolog- no basis to make that judgment. But the action is wrong. So we will not make a judgment on the person because that is dependent on his end result. 
we don't know his end result, we don't know our end result. We can't make any judgment on any person's end result. But the action is wrong, is wrong. We'll have to say it's wrong. So, in any case, what we were talking about is that this akhlaq, this is something which is a part of the heart, this is where it stems from, and these are the things that we now need to work on to carry, to cleanse our hearts. This akhlaq, as we said, these indicators, all these are indicators. What we are saying, what we are doing, how we are dealing with somebody, and more than anybody else, generally, those who are closest to us. Our own families, our spouses, our children, our neighbors, our colleagues at work, those who are, we are most in interacting with most, that is where the indicators will show most. What is the level of akhlaq? So, this is what akhlaq is all about. If by practicing on any form of taqwa, someone's heart will be broken, then practice on the fatwa, the verdict of the ulama. At such occasions, to protect one's taqwa is not permissible. For example, if in accepting any gift, there is some disgrace for you and honor for your brother, then give preference to his honor over yours. This is a very, very delicate point and it is not for us to just willy-nilly apply this anywhere and everywhere without understanding what the reality of this is and where it applies. But nevertheless, where there is something that we want to do which is of a higher level, it's not that if we didn't do it of that, on that level, we would be committing some transgression. But it is a level of taqwa. It's a level of that a person is being more cautious, higher precaution, but at that time, if he is going to act on that level of higher caution, and in the process he is going to be hurting somebody, then he rather not hurt someone. Leave, allowed that, leave aside that caution for that while, but don't hurt somebody. So this is one example I am giving here, is also from the Malfuzat of the that now somebody has come to offer a gift, and there is no real reason not to accept it. But now that gift he came and gave now, for example, in the presence of everyone, which is not the proper manner of going about it, but nevertheless, he, out of his, whatever situation, he brought it and gave it in that time. Now the person is feeling somewhat embarrassed now, in front of everybody, I must accept this. But if he doesn't accept it, what's going to be the outcome? That person is going to be hurt. So he must accept to rather swallow that embarrassment, but keep the honor of his brother. And he's going to say to him, no, I don't want it. So, what is going to be the result of that? That person is going to be heartbroken. So, to look after his heart, that is the priority now. But not when it's going to be resulting in one transgressing the bounds. If one is going to go end up transgressing the bounds to look after somebody else's heart, that is not permissible. That he will have to first look after the command of Allah Ta'ala. The definition of noble character and the medium of acquiring it. The first topic here is the aspect of Toba. Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, due to sin, one's heart feels ashamed and sorrowful and thus becomes restless. This is Toba. In other words, if that heart is alive, if that heart is alive, spiritually alive, 
what will happen? That insan is insan. We are human beings. We are not angels. We are not uh, immune from sin. So a person can slip. He can fall. And this is the grace of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala created insan, created him, that way he has the capacity of all this, that he can do great good, and he has the capacity of sinning as well. But this is the test of taqwa. That he suppresses the desires of sin, and he does what is right. But in the process sometimes, shaitan misled him, he was overcome by nafs, and he slipped. But if that heart is spiritually alive, he will immediately be very restless. And he will feel within himself a sense of shame, sense of remorse and regret. Now, in essence, that is Toba. The words that we express, that is the words of Toba. But if that words of Toba are not accompanied by the sense of remorse and regret, by the shame in the heart, then that Toba hasn't happened yet. Then a person has said something, but Toba didn't take place. The essence of, and if he didn't even utter a word, he didn't yet, he should be uttering the words of Toba also, he should be asking Allah to forgive him, but he didn't yet say a word, but there's a deep sense of remorse, regret, there's a sense of shame, he's feeling very ashamed about himself, how could I have done this, what? What overcame me? How could I have ever been so shameless in doing this? Now that regret, remorse, that is already Toba. He's already repented, provided that he is now also resolving with it, that inshallah I will not come with this in future. So this is the essence of Toba. In short, understand it in this way, that when someone does wrong to a great person, then in what way does he seek to excuse himself? He clasps his hands, falls on the feet of that person, places his topi on his feet, speaks words of flattery, and adopts a crying face. We might wonder, we haven't seen any such thing. But these are things that used to be very common, and especially in certain cultures, this is the way that when a person really wants to ask somebody for forgiveness, then he'll fall at his feet. And really beg him, what I did, please forgive me. Now he's hurt somebody or now he's superior or king, whatever, those days. So this is how it used to happen. person will fall at the feet and now one's headgear, his topi, his turban, now that is his crown. Now he's taken his crown and put it in the person's feet to show his humility now that, look, I've surrendered myself to you. Now he goes to this extent... And now he's saying all kinds of words of flattery. And then now he's making a crying face also. Why? He wants to acquire the forgiveness of the person. So all this he does, and this we do for insan. Similarly, when seeking rep- repentance in front of Allah Ta'ala, one should at least adopt the same behavior. Such a toba, in other words, the same behavior, where a person in all humility, he's raised his hands in front of Allah Ta'ala, and he's at least adopting the appearance of a crying person and with that uh, regret in his heart, he's begging Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. Similarly, when seeking repentance in front of Allah Ta'ala, one should at least adopt the same behavior. Such a toba, according to Allah Ta'ala's promise, 
is definitely accepted. To attain the ability to repent, ponder over the punishments mentioned in the Quran Sharif and the Hadith Sharif. That a person has earned. Now what are the punishments mentioned regarding that action? Think about it. If a person has, many a person, Allah Ta'ala, protect us, but if he gets to know that somebody is now after his life, somebody is now planning and plotting something against him, now he starts thinking of all the consequences of this, that Allah forbid if this person has to now find me somewhere, walking on the road or driving somewhere, and now they're planning to kidnap me, now Allah protect us and save us. So what will be the consequences of this now? What not can happen? Those consequences scare him to such an extent, many a person doesn't want to leave his house now. So how did this happen? Because that is that the thought running in his mind. So likewise, these punishments have been mentioned to make us understand that, look, this too is a reality. So think about it. Think about what are the consequences of these actions. This will bring that fervor to repent. That I can't afford to keep this without having sorted it out. Without having repented from it and cleared it out of my heart and mind. Consequently, the heart will begin to dislike sin. Today, along with verbal repentance, begin making qaza of any salah and fast that we must. After asking the ulama, if you have not given any person his due rights, or any inheritor his or her inheritance, then do so. If one does not have the ability to do so, then ask those people for forgiveness. This is a very important point that is being expressed here. There are several aspects in terms of Toba. One is the aspect of a wrong that was committed. Now, For example, a person missed his Salah on time. And the time passed, it became Qaza. Now that's a major sin in itself. So now he needs to make Toba, Istighfar, to be very remorseful, regretful. Why did this, I allow this Salah to become Qaza? Inshallah, with that sincere Toba, Allah Ta'ala will forgive him. But now this is one part of it. Other part of it is, is that Salah is a debt on him still. So he has to fulfill the debt also. The debt of Allah Ta'ala. So now that Qaza of that Salah has to be made. Therefore, those of us who are here now in Atikaf, especially, we have this time at hand. If there are any Qaza Salahs that are outstanding, one is, perhaps we didn't even make Tawbah for that yet. We should be making Tawbah. Allah Ta'ala gave us this opportunity now that we are uh, becoming conscious of this, that this is something to make Tawbah from. That why did this Salah get missed? This is a serious matter. In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned that Man Fatathu Salatun Person, one Salah has been missed in its time. Not that he didn't make Qaza of it later, but in its time it was missed. That the damage that has been done is worse than the damage like a person loses all his family and wealth in one go, all his possessions, all his family members, everybody perish in one go. What will be the grief? More than that is losing one salah. So now he has to make toba from that. that. Why did this salah get must? So that is one part of it. But then together with that now, that qaza has to be made. So first is we make toba, istighfar from that. And then program this into our time. And get it started off from now. Sometimes somebody has one year's qaza left, somebody five years qaza left. 
there was a period of time in their life, maybe they were not conscious. Now Allah Ta'ala gave tawfiq, the person has become conscious. Now this is a priority, it's a high priority. So now start making up for the qaza. In fact, that takes priority over the nawafil as well. So now to start programming that. The least is that per day we make one day's qaza. That's the least. One fajr, we're going to read the fajr together with the sunnahs of fajr, we make one qaza of fajr also. Zuhar, same. Asar, in place of the sunnate ghair mu'akkada of asar, a person reads that, very good. But otherwise, if he's reading his qaza in that time, that too is fine. In place of the sunnate ghair mu'akkada, that is before asar, before isha. But the sunnate mu'akkada, that should not be missed. But if a person makes the sunnate ghair mu'akkada also, that is even better. But then at that time, one qaza as well of asar. After asar, between asar and maghrib, there is no nafil that a person can perform. It's not permissible to perform any nafil. But if a person wants to use that time for qaza, the fuqaha have given permission for that. But in those times when it is makru to be performing any nafil, then he should not make his qaza in, in the presence of people. Then quietly somebody is making it is fine. So every salah, each salah is making minimum one qaza. And including the witr as well, which is wajib. So in this way, one day's qaza will get done each day. So it will take one year maybe if he's got one year's qaza left. People have completed 15 years qaza, some 20 years qaza. They completed it, mashallah. So it is not something that's an impossibility. A person got 3-4 years qaza, he wonders, when will this happen? Now in wondering how long will this take, sometimes 3 years went away. Thinking that now when I'm going to complete 3 years qaza? Now thinking about it, 3 years have passed. Now if he started instead of thinking, he would have been done by that time. So now the time is to stop thinking when it will happen, to start doing it. When a person starts doing it, in time will get done. So, this is a very important part of it. We should program that. And we start off now. MashaAllah, we are here. We have the time. We start off now. Inshallah, we'll continue. So, we try to, in fact, now we have more time. So, maybe each day, one way of going about it also is that, for example, a person just starts off with his Fajr Salah only first. So, now he, Fajr Salah is only two rakats. So, he tries to make ten Fajrs for the day. Spread over the day. So now 10 fajr for the day. So in 3 days he's completed 1 month already. And in 1 month, just over a month, he'll finish off 1 year's qaza of his fajr. If he's got 5 years now, he saw 1 month's time, all the fajr is done. That gives him some karit, himmat, mashallah. In 3 months time, 4 months time, he's completed all his fajr. So one whole aspect is now done. So that becomes a means of now moving on. So this is also one way. Either he does 1 salah per salah. Oh, he starts off with just, for example, completing his fajr. And so this is something we can start off with. So if a person has any qaza left over, we should start now. And many a times we hear something, we say, Inshallah, I will do this. But by the time now we decided to start doing it, we forgot about it. The very effective way is that we start it off immediately. So for example, somebody has got some qaza left over. After we complete this program, make one qaza. One, two rakas fajr, qaza. Oh, you know, place, whatever it is. But that amal has started. And that is what brings barakat in that amal also now. That when something has commenced, inshallah that will now take, enable a person to take the next step. So we don't leave it for tonight. Because by the time tonight comes, it might just escape the mind. We started off now, we'll remember it tonight also. So this is one part. The aspect of the qaza of salah. 
Likewise, this Tawbah requires a Tawbah from all the other things that we should have done but didn't do it in time. So, to make Tawbah from that, somebody's zakat is overdue, he didn't discharge it. Somebody's other, somebody didn't make Qurbani, for example, it was wajib upon him. So now to then, after having made Tawbah, to make the, how we're going to fulfill this, discharge the zakat, that Qurbani now, you can't slaughter an animal which has already passed, you've got to give the sadaqah of that. So, in any case, all this has to be now done. Then together with that, Toba in terms of, we didn't fulfill people's rights. You have to make Toba for that. Because that was zulm. But it doesn't finish off there. If it was a monetary right, we have to still fulfill that. We're owing somebody something, we have to fulfill it. If we have taken somebody's item, we have to return it. So Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahmatullahi, he had traveled from Syria all the way to Maru. This is like over a thousand miles. And he had come for some, whatever work day, he borrowed a pen from somebody. A small reed pen of that time, how many cents could have that been worth? And maybe he used it for a while, that person had gone away or whatever, he forgot about it. And he returned back home, over a thousand miles. And now he remembered that this, I forgot to return this pen to this person. So he traveled all the way back to go and return this one pen. He said, this is more important. Now this is priority. Because otherwise, that item that we didn't return, that person didn't even think about it, he didn't forgive it also. Allah forbid it could just take all our good deeds away on the day of Qiyamah. So, this is also part of this toba. One is that we repent for the wrong we did, but then we have to also fulfill the debt, fulfill the rights of people. And if you hurt somebody in some way, we have to ask his forgiveness. That too is essential. person has passed away, we don't know where he is, we can't locate the person, whatever the case is. Now we make toba, istighfar, and make some amal on that person, and the, send the sawab to the person. We give some sadaqah on his behalf. We recite some, make tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif and make the sawab over to him. And if it's a monetary issue, we give that in sadaqah with the niyat of sawab for him. If the person does come after some time, we still have to return that to him. So this is all part of that toba. And this is, as we said, akhlaq, the first part of akhlaq. So this is something we need to be thinking about, reflect upon this. This is the other very important thing that the lessons that we will inshallah discuss to also take some time to then reflect upon it. After the program is over in our time, maybe we time to lie down now, time to fall asleep to now revise in our mind what was discussed, the gist of it. What have I got to do now? To try and reflect over it, this is what will inshallah spur us towards trying to bring these things into our lives. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanakallah, bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu